Welcome. How you guys doing? Merry Christmas. It is great to see you guys. I want to say hello right now to all of our campuses. Let's give it up for Rodfield right now. Let's give it up for Stone Oak, for Rockport Fulton, for Padre Island. We love you guys. I want to say hello also, of course, to our online audience as well as those who are in our prison ministry. Thanks for joining us. I'm glad you guys are with us today. Can you believe how cold it is? It is crazy. How many of you guys are freaking out about the cold? It is crazy. It is so cold that the politicians have their hands in their own pockets tonight. That is cold. That's how cold it is. It's crazy. So I love this time of year. It's been so busy. I'm not going to lie. Jessica and I, we've been so busy trying to get everyone's gift ready. It's been very stressful. I want to show you what it looks like. This is a division of labor in our home. This is how we do it. It's really stressful for me. I have a lot to do. Isn't this how it really looks for all of us right now? Let's just, men, let's give it up for our wives who make Christmas happen. Let's just be honest right now. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're grateful. Super excited to have a runway finalist. I've been wanting to do this my whole life. Good to see you guys. Thanks for joining us. You know, I love the holidays. I love gift giving. You know, it's so much fun. And gift receiving, of course, is fun too. And we love to give and receive gifts to one another. Such a great thing. And really, what are we here to celebrate today? Well, we're here celebrating what Christmas is all about. And what is Christmas about? Here it is. You already know it. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? That's why we're here today. That's what we're here to celebrate. When I was a little kid, I got the coolest gift ever one time. I, I still remember this being my favorite gift. I got a duffel bag of my favorite sports team. And when I unzipped it, it was full of other gifts. So it was a gift that was a package of gifts, right? And so, you know, when you say something's a package deal, like if you're dating someone, you're like, oh, they're the package deal. What does that mean? That means like, they're good looking and they're funny and they're smart. You know, if you're a girl talking to another girl, you're like, and he's rich, you know, that means like it's a package deal, right? That's what that means. It's the package, right? And so Jesus is a package deal, right? In fact, right now, do you, did you have a gift growing up that you just loved? Right now, turn the person next to you on your left and your right and tell them what your favorite gift was when you grew up. Just tell them right now, what was it? Go ahead and share it. Go, go ahead, all campuses. Maybe it's Holly Hobby. It was, you know, Stretch Armstrong, favorite bicycle, you know, Barbie doll, whatever it was. Just share what that was. Nintendo. Just share what Game Boy. Was that Game Boy, right? You know, that was always cool. What was your, what was your favorite toy growing up, right? And now turn back to your neighbor and say, I expect you to raise the bar this year. Just let them know right now. I expect you to raise the bar. All right, look right here. All right, so... Here's the thing, when I got that package gift, it was so great. What was great about it is it was the gift that just kept on giving. You know, Jesus is a package deal. Like when you get Christ, you get more than just Christ, but all that he has to offer. It's like a gift that's flowing with gifts, isn't it? That's how Christ operates. And so if you're taking notes today, today's message is called five gifts you get from Christ this Christmas. You guys ready? I'm ready to get going. You ready? Are you guys ready? All right, let's go. Five gifts you get this Christmas. I'm super excited about this. First of all, Christ is the gift of Christmas. He really is. But there are five things that come with the relationship with Jesus that you get. Here, here it is in Luke chapter 2, verses 8. This we're going to read today. I'm very excited about the scripture. And uh, this is about the shepherds when they were visited by the angels. Check this out. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Now the first of the packages that we get with Jesus is we get the gift of sudden joy. 
This doesn't happen all the time, but every once in a while, you would just stop and you're like, man, God, just thank you. You're just good to me. Does this ever happen to you? You just had a moment where you stopped. Maybe you're just, maybe right now, just look down the aisle of those sitting right beside you and just say, thank you, God, for these great people in my life, right? Why don't you just do that? Turn to your left or right. Just, aren't you thankful for them? Aren't we thankful for our friends, for our family? Turn back to the person next to you and say, you're so blessed to be sitting by me. Just let them know. <laughs> aren't we grateful for, for our families? We really are, right? Did you know there was a study done? Check this out. There's psychologists decided to study Olympic gold medal winners. They, they studied gold, silver, and, and bronze winners. Here's what they found out. They found out that the most unhappy of the three was the silver and the happiest was the bronze, not the gold. Isn't it interesting? Here's what they found out. They found the people who won the silver gold, the silver medal were the most unhappy because they just focused on how they were so close to winning the gold, but didn't quite get it. But the bronze were the happiest of the winners because they were so close to not meddling at all. Isn't that good? What does that tell you and me? That tells you this. Would you write this down? Joy isn't getting what you want. It's appreciating what you have. Isn't that good? The Bible says to count your blessings. And so can we just take a moment and just thank God for some blessings? God, thank you for my family, for my health, for my blessings, for my children, for all the good that you do for me. Can we just thank God right now? Isn't God good? We have to remember that and it gives us some sudden joy when we realize all that God has done for us. It says in 1 Timothy 6, it says this, God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. God wants you to enjoy your life. This may surprise you. God wants you to actually be happy. He wants you to enjoy your life. And so that's a good thing. So you get the gift of sudden joy. Now look at the next thing that God gives us. It says, the angels said this to the shepherds, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. See, Jesus didn't just say he loves us. He came among us, but he didn't just come among us. He came down to us. He became one of us. How cool is that? So he could touch us, so he could so he can impact our lives in a personal way. He looked and he said, hey, let the children come to me. That's what Jesus said. He said, let the children come to me. He said, I want you to come to me. I want to know you. He, he walked with us. He talked with us. He fed the 5,000 when they were hungry. He, he helped the blind man see the lame could walk. He was among us. Jesus was not some distant God. and He's still not a distant God. This is what theologians call the incarnation. It means this. It means Emmanuel God is with us. Aren't you thankful that Jesus is a personal God that is in your life right now personally to love you, to care for you, to be there for you? Come on, can we just give God a praise right now for his goodness? He loves you. It's personal for him. Now, this is really cool because not only did the, the angel say to the shepherds, hey, the Messiah is born tonight, but then he said, leave your sheep and go find the Messiah and you're gonna find him lying in a manger. That was a big deal. They knew what a manger was for. A manger, by the way, wasn't just a horse trough for feeding horses. A manger was also a very protected uh, thing that they built that protected lambs. Did you know that? Why? For an unblemished lamb, an unblemished lamb was used for a sacrifice for the atonement of all sin. In fact, these shepherds have said they were nearby. They didn't have shepherds nearby Bethlehem. The only shepherds nearby were the shepherds watching the sheep that were dedicated to be slaughtered for the atonement of their sins. Did you know that every year, every family had to bring an unblemished sheep a, a lamb, and then they would slaughter the lamb, and that was for the atonement of their sin. 
And so what was God saying? He was saying, we're about to have you leave the old system of paying for your sins, and you're going to go meet the Lamb of God that's going to pay for your sins once and for all. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. This is in the message translation. Check this out. Every priest goes to work at the altar each day, offers the same old sacrifice year in, year out, and never makes a dent in the sin problem. As a priest, Christ made a sacrifice for sins, and that was it. Isn't that amazing? When Christ gave his life, he paid the ultimate price. No more prices had to be paid for our sin. What's great about this gift is it cost you nothing because it cost him everything. So he gave his life for you. You know, John actually said this to him. John, one of the eyewitnesses to Jesus' life and his testimony, he, he walked up to, to Jesus one time when he saw him walking up to him and he said this, behold, the lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. He said, you're the lamb. You're the one. You're going to pay the price for all of our sins. Isn't that amazing? You know, Christianity, if you ever wanted like, oh, isn't, aren't all the religions the same? Not even close. When people tell me that, that's how I know you've not studied any of them. If you actually study them, they're all totally different. But Christianity is different than all of them. Here's why. Because Christianity is not spelled like all other religions. All other world religions are spelled D-O. Do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E. Christ has done it for you. He paid the price for you on the cross. All you have to do is receive him. That's all you have to do. And so that's why Christ came was to give his life. So we could leave the old system behind, which says you got to be good to get in. And God's like, no, I've sent the best instead in your place to die for you, to pay the price of your sins. So you get the gift, number two, of salvation. And then the next gift that you get, the part of the package deal with Jesus, you get the gift of peace. I don't know about you, but I could use some peace about now. How about you? We live in a pretty crazy world right now. Have you noticed I mean, there's nonstop wars and, and battles between people. You go on Twitter, someone's always beefing with someone. On Facebook, you can hardly even go on there now because of people's opinion popping off at each other. It's like, ah, uh, it's just nonstop. And I just feel like everyone is at each other's throats nowadays. But then, of course, you got the big geopolitical wars going on. Like, the most obvious big one is Russia versus Ukraine right now. It's kind of a proxy war America's in. You know, some of us admit it, some of us don't, but we are in it, you know. And so it's crazy, but did you know, I was doing some research, you know currently right now there are 43 wars going on right now, nation to nation all around the world, 43. See, we just give all the, the press and the attention to one big one, which is Russia and Ukraine, but there's 43. Now they divide these between major wars and minor wars. Major wars are over 10,000 soldiers involved. Minor wars are 1,000 to 10,000 soldiers. There are 43 of those going on right now. And we're not even including Elon Musk versus CNN. We're not even talking about that one. So there's constant battles going on. And maybe for you, you're like, you know, honestly, pastor, there's a 44th. Me and my family member. Me and someone at work. Me and someone that I trusted and that betrayed me. Maybe for you, you're going through a little beef of your own right now. And you could use some peace. Peace is the absence of conflict, right? How do you get that? How do you, how do you, how do you get God's peace? Look at scripture. It says this in Philippians 4. Verse six, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Notice it didn't say, and then your problem goes away. No, no, no. God's peace comes in the midst of your problem. Isn't it good to know that you don't have to have all your problems solved before you can have peace? You can have peace while war is going on. You can currently, right now, have a peace that passes all understanding. See, this is the difference between us and the rest of the world. It's supposed to be the people look and they go, huh. You know, when, normally when someone gets upset or someone pops off at you, you pop back. But 
as Christians, we're supposed to be different. Jesus said to love your enemies, right? He said to forgive them. So we're supposed to be different. So maybe God's stirring you to say, hey, it's time to have some peace. Maybe in the same way Christ has forgave you, it's time to let it go with someone else, to forgive them of what, what they've done or how they maybe even continue to hurt you. It's easy to get caught up. Or maybe you're lacking peace not because you're in conflict with someone. Maybe you're like me. Sometimes you're just too busy. We're just going, going, going. There was this mom and little boy. They were decorating their house for Christmas. The little boy was about five. And mom was setting up the tree and putting all the decorations on it. And the little boy was going through some other boxes. And he found these little figurines of Jesus and Mary and Joseph. And he held them up. He said, Mom, Mom, we need to put together the activity scene. Isn't that how Christmas has become? It's become more of an activity scene rather than a nativity scene. Maybe right now it's time to slow down. Can I just take a moment and interrupt my own message? And just ask us to bow our heads right now. I want to teach you a little Quaker's prayer. It's really powerful. You can turn your palms up like this and close your eyes and say, God, I give you my problem. I give you my situation. Maybe for you it's I give you my wayward child. Maybe for you it's I give you my marriage. I give you this legal battle. I give you this divorce. I give you this betrayal. I give you this cancer. I give you the bad health report. I give you my debt. Whatever it is that's weighing you down, palms up. God, I give it to you. Now palms down. Now say, Holy Spirit, fill me with your peace that I know you've got this. Spirit of God, just fill me from the top of my head all the way down to the bottom of my toes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I've given you my problem, my concern, my worry, and now you've given me your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just give God a hand right now for his peace? He's got it. He's got it. He will take care of everything that you need. You know, there's, there's this great prayer. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called the serenity prayer. Maybe you've heard of this. It's really powerful. It's very popular among AA groups, but frankly, it's really good for any of us. You may have heard the first two sentences as I read it, but I'm not sure if you've heard the whole thing. If you haven't pulled out your phones, you get a picture of this because this could be a real blessing to you. Here's a great prayer. Listen to this prayer right now. We're going to put it on the screen for you. This is by Reinhold Neighbor. Here's what he said. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Ah, but the prayer goes on. Then he says this. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Isn't that a great prayer? We're just saying, God, I surrender all I have to you. And if I give you my problem, you will give me your peace. That's what God wants to do for all of us right now. And so he gives you the gift of peace. Luke 2, 2 verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising him and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Now, whoa, whoa, that said to, to who God is pleased. What does that mean? It means that pleasing God is part of the peace process. Now, Christ gives you salvation for free, but, but peace comes at the price of obedience. Here's what that looks like. When I'm moving towards God, I just have a, a sense of peace about it. But when I step out in the wrong direction, suddenly something inside me goes, ah, ah, ah. That's not it. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? You ever had that? You ever had what I call the check in the spirit? Something in you just goes, I don't know, this isn't it. They're not it. 
that isn't the right direction. This isn't the right friend group. I shouldn't be doing this. Something, and you just kind of stops you. I've learned not to ignore that, but to listen to that because oftentimes I'll take a step back and say, okay, God, I don't think that was you. I began moving in the direction of the Lord again, and I get that peace again. God's peace can help direct you. Don't ignore those warnings. If you do, you, you ignore that at your own peril. God will oftentimes lead you. If you're, if you're dating someone and they seem fine to you, but you don't have a peace about it, don't ignore that. doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just may not be what God has. If you're going in a certain direction, if you just don't have a peace about it, don't ignore that. That, that could be God warning you of something that's to come. Just, just, just listen to the Lord. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will show you what to do. Just, just even in, in big things, of course, but also in, in small things. God will just bless you, and he will lead you. He will take care of you. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. Just, just follow the Lord and let him guide you every step of the way. You get his peace. The next thing you get is you get God's purpose. Have you ever just been stressed out, just had a lot going on, and you just felt kind of overwhelmed? Can I tell you, everyone feels that way, but aren't you glad if you know the Lord, at least you know that you have purpose in your life? I feel bad for people who are stressed out, worn out, depressed, hurting, and they have no purpose. But at least with Christ, we know there's a direction that we're going that God is leading us. Look what happens next. When the angel then returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. By the way, you know the word Bethlehem actually means house of bread. Think about that. Bethlehem is where they housed Jesus, the bread of life. Isn't that cool? That's where Jesus was. And so I just want to encourage you, when you follow the Lord, he will guide you. It says here, let's see this thing that has happened. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Suddenly they had direction. This is very similar to another part of Scripture where Mary where the angel visited Mary and said, you're, you're going to be overcome by the Holy Spirit. You're going to have a baby. And the angel also said, and by the way, your cousin, your older cousin, Elizabeth, she's already pregnant. And Mary heard off to go see her to see this confirmation that, that God was moving in her life too. When you begin moving in a certain direction, you just know it's God. So the shepherds hurried their way towards Bethlehem, but they had something they were moving towards. I just want to encourage you today that when you know God's leading you, even when you have things that take longer than you think, and by the way, no one gets around this. We all have a wait we all end up in God's waiting room where you're waiting on the Lord to do something in your life. I don't know anyone who gets what they want when they want it. We always have to wait. I want to encourage you that God's delays are not God's denials. Wait on the Lord. He's got you. He has perfect timing. There may be something he's preparing in you before you get what you want. And on that way, God will have someone cross your path or something cross your path right when you're supposed to get it, but not a moment before. Trust the Lord in his timing. He's got you. He knows what he's doing. Trust the Lord. He has a purpose. He has a purpose. He has a plan for you. And then the last thing, the fifth of these uh, of these packages that we get with Jesus is you get the gift of praise. And this really is a gift, praise. You know what Christmas means? Let me break it down for you. It means Christ mass. Christ is obviously Jesus and mass is worship. So you're really not experiencing Christmas until you've worshiped Christ. So believe it or not, Christmas is not tomorrow morning when you're opening gifts or maybe tonight. It's now. It's when you take a moment to worship Christ. That's what Christmas is really all about about. What did the shepherds do? It says the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the Lord, as the angel 
had told them. I love that. And our last verse for tonight, 2 Corinthians 9 says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Maybe you'd say, honestly, pastor, it's kind of hard for me to worship this last year. It's been a tough year. Economy's down, you know, trying to make ends meet. Gas is up. Everything costs more now. I mean, I'm just, I'm just having a tough time. I understand. But here's what I want to challenge you with. True maturity in the Lord. We are really walking with God when we don't just lift our hands in worship during good times. When we can lift our hand in worship during tough times. Everyone can say, oh, praise God, I got a raise. Praise God, I got a bonus. Praise God, I, I got a gift. Praise God, this worked out for me. But can you say, oh, I got, I got passed up for the bonus. Praise God. I didn't get the promotion yet. Praise God. How about this? Lord, I, I got a bad report from the doctor, but I want to praise you because this is an opportunity for me to learn that you're a healing God. Lord, I, I, I had a, a, an uncommon problem happen to me. Lord, I want to praise you because you're my problem solver. Lord, you're my way maker. Lord, I want to praise you that, that I have to go do this the hard way because it's going to develop my character. It's going to make me into the man of God you want me to be, into the woman of God you want me to be. So Lord, I want to thank you for this tough time because this is how I become mature in the Lord. Or as Job said, though he slay me, I will worship him. See, when you can praise God in your hard times, that's when you really are a disciple of Christ. So would you join me in praising God tonight? Even if things have been tough, can you still praise God? Let's take a moment to bow our heads. Every head bowed, every eye, eye closed. Maybe for you, you say, Pastor, it's been a tough season. I'm having to learn to praise God when I'm lacking some peace. Just raise your hand tonight and say, God, I want, I want your peace. I just trust my life in your hands tonight. I want to thank you, Lord. I can trust in you. Thank you, God, that, that you're there for me, that you, that you take care of me. Lord, I want to thank you, God, for sudden joy. Lord, help me to count my blessings more, to realize all that I have, all that you've done for me, God. Lord, thank you, God, that even when things seem to be taking longer than I wanted, there's purpose in it. So I just trust in your purpose and your timing, God. Or maybe tonight you have to say, Lord, I want to learn to praise you even in some tough times not just the good times. Or maybe you today have never received Jesus as your Messiah, as your Savior. You can pray a prayer and you can receive Jesus right now. In fact, across all of our churches right now, those online with me, those who are watching maybe at the prison ministry, you can pray this prayer out loud and receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. We're gonna say this prayer together. Just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I receive you now as the gift of Christmas. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, no one's looking around. If you just gave your life to Christ, would you just lift your hand high right now? All of our campuses, just lift your hand high if you just gave your life to Jesus. Thank you. All the way in the back there. Thank you. Just hold your hand high. Praise God right here in the front. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your hand high, young and old. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. I see that little girl all the way in the back. Praise, praise God. Hold your hand high. No one's looking around. Just lift your hand high. Thank you, Stone Oak. Praise God. Hold your hand high. Thank you, Rodfield. Praise God. Hold your hand high. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Rockport Fulton. Praise God. Hold your hand high. Thank you, Padre Island. Praise God. You just gave your life to Christ and you're watching online with us. Put it in the text chat right now. Just text my hands raised or just click hand raised right now. We praise God for the decision you made to give your life to Jesus. You've received the gift of Christmas by becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. We praise God for you. Father, thank you for what you're doing in your house. Thank you, Lord. Lord, when you sent your son, it really is a package deal. We receive so much. 
just by receiving Jesus. And Lord, we take the moment just to praise you, to worship you. It's a gift to be able to do that. And we thank you for speaking to us tonight. Thank you for those who just gave their life to you as well. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.